D. Smith, welcome in. It is the latest edition of the Unnamed Soccer Podcast. The Unnamed Soccer Podcast is brought to you by Three Punk Ales in Chula Vista. I hear that over the weekend, one of Three Punk Ales' beer, Golsh, uh, was very popular in downtown San Diego. Darren, welcome in to the Unnamed Soccer Podcast. Hey. For the YouTube crowd, Three Punk Ales branding right here on the shirt. By the way, keep the pictures coming. Some of you just keep sending us draft handles from Three Punk Ales at different venues. I know they're not all Golsh, but do appreciate that some of you are thinking about us and you're including us in your tweets and sending us different draft handles. So that's good news. We appreciate that. Thank you for thinking of us and thank you for thinking of Three Punk Ales. Lots of props on today's show. Three Punk Ales shirts, stickers, hats, the San Diego Loyal, SD Loyal official. A lot to talk about on today's podcast, Darren. A couple directions we're going to go. We'll start with Saturday, what happened over the weekend, the announcement, SD Loyal, San Diego Loyal Soccer Club, unveiling its colors, its name, its crest, uh, USL playoffs into the semis, and they continue this weekend. We'll talk a little bit about that. I have some fun facts for you when it comes to the USL playoffs. Nice. I'm very excited to share the fun facts. Uh, MLS playoffs continue. The MLS Cup, we're getting ready for that. We know who is in the final. Club Tijuana will take on Monterrey. Friday night, Estadio Caliente, we'll talk about that. And also, uh, both of our clubs had a very fun week in Champions League. I guess not, oh, really? not all draws no, no, are the same. No, that wasn't fun at all, actually. <laughs> my my draw was fun. About. How was your draw? Uh, we'll get to that later. I'm just going to plant the seed for you, because you know, we're going to spend a lot of time on SD Loyal and other stuff. But we'll just we'll, we'll simplify it. We'll play the one-word game. Give me the one word that best describes... Your club's current position in Champions League, since you and I both watched two much different, two totally different draws yesterday. I, I will get to that a little bit, so I'll give you some time to think about that, since I sort of sprung that on you right before we turned the microphones on. Yeah, we'll definitely get to that, but I do want to start with what happened over the weekend, Darren. Saturday, we were downtown. We were at the courtyard for the announcement. Uh, we now know the name. We know the colors. We know the crest of the USL club in San Diego. SD Loyal is official. We have hats to prove it. There are shirts to prove it. There are stickers. There are pins. There are videos online. You can even go to our Instagram page. You can find pictures from the event Saturday. What a fun time Saturday was to start the day. Um, Liverpool fans had a great time. Premier League fans having a good time watching in the morning at the courtyard before it rolls into the announcement. While we were recording, we were unaware that Christian Pulisic was scoring more goals for Chelsea. So that was exciting. And then it sounds like a lot of people enjoyed Golshes later on in the day um, for beer downtown in San Diego, yeah, which the, is always uh, the a guild, fun... The Guild Fest. Is that what it's called? Yeah. The Guild yeah, Fest. Yeah, since it's beer week, and although... Come what on. separates this week from any other week in San Diego? I have no idea. But the official kickoff for Beer Week in San Diego was at the Guild Fest downtown, where everybody went and SD Loyal set up shop and Golsh was poured and a good time was had by all, I'm told. What a fun time Saturday was. Yeah, I thought so, too. I thought it was a great kickoff at 10 o'clock in the morning at Courtyard, which was a different Courtyard than the last time I was there for some kickoff event for professional soccer coming to town. I thought it was great. I did. I had a blast with it, and we've had a couple of days now to let this name marinate because it seems to still be the subject for a lot about trying to figure out, does it roll off the tongue? How do you use an adjective when we're used to nouns as team names? And how does it, How does it, again, like we said with the supporters group, for me, it's always through the, not always, but it's mostly through the prism of being a broadcaster. 
right? Like I was thinking about being in a broadcast booth for the locals and trying to differentiate the locals from the other people who were there at Torero Stadium on the campus of USD. And for me now, like, okay, so when I'm on the talk show or we're on the podcast or for the broadcasters who end up on radio or television for SD Loyal, what are they going to say? Are they going to say, okay, it's loyal ball, loyal corner kick? It's a penalty kick awarded to SD Loyal. Is it going to turn into something organic like LSC, Loyal Soccer Club, or SDLSC, San Diego Loyal Soccer Club? I'm curious to see, like, the evolution of the name itself. Now that we know it's here, people are having that name tattooed on their body, a story I'll get to a little bit. But yeah, like how, how do you like it now, three, four days later? I feel very similar to how I felt Saturday at the event. And it's uh, something we talk about. We talked about on the podcast when we recorded Saturday. Love the colors. Like, absolutely love the colors. I said Saturday, it's the very first thing that stood out. It wasn't even the name that stood out to me right away. It were the color. It was the colors. So love the colors. I love the crest, and I like the name. And that's that's kind of how I still feel. A couple days later, I've seen a lot of positive. I've seen some negative. I've seen some fans of other clubs who are going to root against the loyal, making fun of the name. That's to be expected. That is absolutely to be expected. I still feel the same. I think it's a. Uh, I think it is a name for those who don't like it. I think it's a name that's going to grow on a lot of San Diegans. Um, the one thing I don't understand is I saw a lot of. There's some hate out there for it, like absolute hate. I don't understand that at all because I think the the process, it resulted in a complete reflection on San Diego. So it's kind of like San Diego looking at itself in the mirror, is it not? With how open the process was, listening to San Diegans, the colors represent San Diego, the name represents San Diego, the process represented San Diego. So I just don't understand if there's an absolute hatred towards it because I mean, who hates San Diego? This is a reflection on San Diego. So I still feel the same. Love the colors, love the crest, like the name, and I think it's going to grow on a lot of people. And uh, I'm very excited because, Darren, we're 120 days from SD Loyal kicking off at Torero Stadium. Yep, I agree. This is the name. I mean, that's that's just what it is. And, you know, to your point, there's always going to be, you know, I was joking with somebody from the club, and it's something you've heard me say over the years, especially in the social media age. If I told everybody I was giving away a hundred bucks, right? Like I was going to give everybody a hundred dollar bill at twelve noon. People would be like, "Hey, man, why a hundred dollar bill? Why can't you give me five twenties?" So I was like, people just love to complain. It's the complaint society. So I think you just gotta say, okay, duly noted. And and as they've said, their their club slogan is, "We are unapologetically positive about this name and about this club." And and. This is what it is, so get used to it. And and I like that, and I love the spirit behind it. I've seen some deep psychological analysis that this is you know a reflection of our sports psyche. Maybe, I mean, maybe a little bit. But it's not like part of the DNA of the city of San Diego isn't having professional sports teams come and go. It's happened a whopping 23 times, Jordan. I don't know if you knew that or not. But 23 different times, not just the NFL, not just the two NBA teams, not just the ABA team. 23 different times on different levels, a pro sports team has started in San Diego and either relocated or just folded. So, you know, hey, like this is your club. This club isn't going anywhere. That's the message. And that's the great message that is sent 
for the supporters of this club. So for everybody. So a line I've used on the podcast before, and it's unfortunate that soccer fans tend to have to have this line used. But let's not get in our own way here, you know, mm-hmm. because if you focus on what right. the big picture is, San Diego has been awarded a USL club. We're That's finally it. getting a club and the club is 120 days from kicking off at Torero Stadium. And if you're going to let the colors or the name, it's not perfect. It's not exactly what you wanted because it's not the waves or the surf or the breeze or whatever it is. I mean, let's not let's let's focus on the big picture here. And again, let's let's not get in our own way. Let's not get in our own way. That's a great saying. Yeah. And it, it applies to soccer fans because it also applies. Let's be very welcoming as soccer fans as well, because now we have a club in San Diego in our town where as fans, as supporters, this is something we've been we've wanted in town for a long time. You got to be welcoming for fans who are going to check out soccer for the very first time, because there will be a lot of San Diegans, a lot of locals, a lot of SD Loyals coming to the stadium, checking out a soccer match live in person for the first time in their life. There's a lot of people who have never even been to a match. And so they're going to go for the very first time. Let's not get in our own way. Let's be welcoming. Let's focus on the big picture. And that's kind of my approach 120 days out. Yep. Let's be inclusive. I think we've had this conversation before. Those of you who listen to a soccer podcast, you probably have friends who are not soccer fans. Make sure that they're comfortable if they say it's a field instead of a pitch, if they call them cleats instead of boots. You know, like let's let's make sure that we're wrapping our arms around everybody who has interest, passing interest or otherwise, or sincere. Let's make sure we're grabbing those people and saying it's fine. Call it a game. It doesn't have to be a match. Yeah. This Just, is the unnamed soccer podcast, yeah. not the football podcast. We need people. We need to bring people in, grow this. We see what this league, USL has been able to do in other parts of the country. We see what it's been able to do in Sacramento via Warren Smith. We saw what it did in Cincinnati. It's interesting. I had a conversation this week. I had never heard this before. That FC Cincinnati became such a big deal in Cincinnati, Jordan, at the USL level, that it sort of forced the Cincinnati Reds, the baseball team, to conduct their business differently. They're like, man, like all these people are going to the soccer thing. Like they're not coming to baseball games anymore. And it sort of forced them to change their strategic approach to how they did the baseball business, how they did the baseball operations, because FC Cincinnati became such a big thing. Like, that's what we need to be doing here. Like, that's what this needs to represent. Like, once and for all, we had we've got to move forward. And into the future here as a sports community. And this club is absolutely the key to unlocking that for me. And uh, something we can all agree on is that this is very on brand. Like this name, the name, it's on brand for San Diego. It's on brand for the league. Um, It's a good reflection on San Diego. So, I mean, don't hate San Diego. I like the name. I'm excited for it. We're 120 days out. And we have the USL playoffs rolling into the semifinals this weekend, Darren. Are you excited for some interesting tidbits for the USL playoffs this weekend? I am, but let me just quickly update a couple of things on on uh, SD Loyal. One would be, uh, I'm told, and I'm, I'm free to pass this along to our listeners, that you should expect some broadcast news, television, hopefully radio soon. Full disclosure, I do hope that they consider iHeart. Or that iHeart is the broadcast home for SD Loyal. Full disclosure, I hope so as well. I've been told that they're very, very close to announcing their television deal, which is going to be great. It's not just going to be ESPN Plus, but if you live in San Diego, there will be some options locally. I'm told next week, Jordan, boy, there's a lot of mystery surrounding this announcement. I'm told that the coaching staff, the technical staff, will be announced. 
How are do you think going to be the first manager of this club? Hmm. Hmm. How are the classes going? <laughs> I'm told that announcement will be out next week. I'm told further information, which has started to come out about pricing for season tickets, all of that. But next week, for sure, we might know a little bit more about TV broadcast, about radio, Spanish, English language, and also the coaching staff for sure next week and the technical staff. So lots of news, lots and lots of news every single week going forward. This is all part of starting in 2020. Mm-hmm. You're going to get all this news. It's going to come week by week by week. I Can't know wait. merch is going to be available here before Thanksgiving. So uh, officially on the podcast, we're going to go with SD Loyal. SD Loyal. Okay. And and one quick... The Loyal, the Locals. Yeah, I think it's the Locals. I think I'm, gonna, I think I'm just going to go SD because, you know, saying San Diego every time becomes a little much. Yeah. SD Loyal. SD Loyal. So that's what I'm going to go with, unless somebody with the club vehemently disagrees and objects to that. Uh, I want to tell one quick story, then we'll move on. Sure. Um, So this week, I was talking about it on the radio show. I was talking about the logo, and I was explaining it to people who sort of are or aren't really all that interested in it. Because like a lot of people, like, I don't get it. It's like the loyal, like, is it does loyal? So I had a listener say, dude, I love the name. I love the crest. Uh, I think his name is Al- Alfie. Uh, if I get that wrong, I know what your Twitter handle is. It's AFF619 or something like that. And he said, I love the name. I love the crest. I'm, as a matter of fact, I have an appointment with my tattoo artist next week to go and get this name and crest and colors tattooed on my body. It's like, whoa, okay. Like, that's pretty hardcore. Good for you. So uh, we interviewed Landon Donovan. And I brought this to Landon's attention during an interview. I said, hey, like, I've got a listener here who is going to get this tattooed on his body. You are the last line of defense. Like, <laughs> you know, if there's any chance that you guys are going to change this, like, now's the time. Speak now, right? And he's like, no, of course. Like, love it. Like, who is this guy? And so we sort of, you know, I, I, I then tweeted back at him and I said, hey, I hope you heard us talking about you. And none other than the chairman of the club, Alex Vasiliadis, tweeted into the conversation. It was like, I'm listening. I got you. Like, I, I know who you are. Like, I, I see you. And I'm like, wow, that's our owner right there. Our owner who's jumping into a Twitter conversation with a dude who's going to get a tattoo who was referenced during an interview with Landon Donovan. That's our owner. The obvious question is, where is the tattoo going to be? I don't know yet. I'm not his tattoo artist, but I would think it's probably somewhere going to be. I think he, if I remember correctly, he said somewhere on his arm. All right. That's good. I think I think the arm is the right location, most likely. Yeah, I don't Hardcore, though. I like it already. The tattoo's coming out. So now you ready for my fun facts? Let's do it. In the USL postseason. Yeah. So we have, uh, we're into the semis. This is going to be quick. Western Conference. You have the Real Monarchs, Real Monarchs SC. They're a four seed, Darren. They're taking on El Paso Locomotive FC. Mm-hmm. I find El Paso Locomotive to be very interesting. Do you know why? I don't. Because this is their first year in the USL Championship. How about that? And they're already into the semifinals of I the playoffs. I think first year clubs have some track record of success in the USL playoffs. Mm. Well, they are a first year club. They, uh, the locomotive brand. So they, they were announced in 2018. We're talking about names, right? This is a different market. They just unveiled this team. They're into their first season. The locomotives, I don't know if people loved it, hated it. Did they love the colors? I don't know. But the other options were the stars or the lizards. Hmm. I'd have to go 
lizards there. You'd go with the lizards? It's different. It's unique. I'd go with the lizard stars. Well, anyway, uh, they also play. What else, another reason I find them interesting? We got to get to know these teams. They're now in our league, Dan. Yeah, in El Paso. They play in the same ballpark as the Chihuahuas. Oh, okay, good. The Padres AAA affiliate. And I know that one of those clubs is a feeder club. That would be the Real Monarchs. They are the feeder club for Real Salt Lake, Correct. whereas Locomotive is completely unincorporated. That is absolutely they true. They are unattached. By the way, I also learned this about USL, that it is a true balanced schedule, that there are 36 clubs. All you do is play clubs from your own conference. That's a new thing. Hasn't always been that way. But there is no inner conference. You don't play clubs from the East. The only time that you see clubs from the East now, the way the setup is with USL Championship, is in the final if you make it that far. Okay. I kind of dig that. I kind of like it, too. I kind of dig that. Yeah. Saves so on you travel. play a true balanced schedule. Again, 36 clubs, so you divide that 18 and 18. 10 clubs from each conference make the postseason. Listen, for those who are interested in going on road trips with this club, that's that's a good thing, I think, unless you were wanting to travel cross-country every yeah. other weekend. Unless you want to go to Bethlehem. Yeah. The uh, Do you know what the supporters group is called for the uh, locomotive? I don't. Yeah, they're in Section 105. They're called the 8th Notch. Ah. What do you think about that? I like it. I don't know what it means, but I like it. Yeah. I don't know what it means either, but I'm sure it's great. Here's their read. This is what their actual actual read is on their website for the 8th Notch. The 8th Notch is the official supporters group of El Paso Locomotive FC. At every home game, the 8th Notch will be cheering on our team and ensuring the energy level is high for 90-plus minutes, Darren. Are you ready to cross over to the wrong side of the tracks? Oh, that's good. I like it. That's really, really good. Okay, so they're a first-year club. They're into the semis, which I think is very cool because we're also uh, potentially could be in that situation uh, next year. So that's the Western Conference. In the East, you get the Indy 11, the three-seed, taking on Louisville. Louisville City. They are the back-to-back reigning champions. And they are alive in the East as the four-seed. And again, uh, one of those clubs is an MLS owned club that would be Indy 11 they are owned by the Chicago Fire or affiliated with the Chicago Fire I don't know what the actual arrangement is so I am pulling for Louisville against El Paso Mm. in the USL final okay and I say that over the weekend uh, after the event after we recorded our podcast and if you missed that we recorded live from the unveiling I asked somebody hey did you even think about approaching an MLS club and being an affiliate and this is an exact answer no, we yes. didn't think about that. What a perfect like, answer that is. Great. Perfect. Yeah. I am glad to hear that. Although I'm sure that there are benefits that come with being affiliated with an MLS club. The answer was, fuck, no, we're not doing that. I'm like, all right, good, great. Love to hear it. So those are the, uh, I love that answer. Um, those are the semifinals. The USL Championship game going to be Sunday, November 17th, ESPN 2. It's going to be 4.30 here on the West Coast. So that's coming up two Sundays from now. That's a Sunday. That is a Sunday. That's what I have it as. Sunday, November the 17th at 4.30. So I'm rooting for El Paso Locomotive at this point, I guess. But once we, uh, once we start next year, I'm going to be rooting against all these clubs. So that's what's going on in the USL. The 8th? What is it? The uh, eighth notch. I like it. That's good. Yeah. Are you ready to cross over to the wrong side of the tracks? (laughs) (laughs) I like it. I like it. I like it. I like it. Yeah. Louisville. You want to know what their supporters groups are? You seem to be intrigued by these supporters group names. Louisville FC supporters groups. There are two. They have the Louisville Coopers. Okay. They also have Scouse's House. Scouse's House. Scouse's? That's a Liverpool thing, isn't it? I guess so. Yeah. All right. Well, hey, listen. You ever been to Louisville? I have not. Fun place. Yeah, I haven't been there. Have not been there. I've gotten in some trouble in Louisville in my life. <laughs> By the way, the regular season champ, because they do do this, the regular season champ was the Phoenix Rising, 
which got knocked out last Friday. Yes, we feel so bad for them. Um, so the MLS Cup is coming up, Darren. And before we get into a huge breakdown for Seattle <laughs> and what? Why are you laughing? A huge breakdown. Yeah, I want to talk about LAFC season. This is what I want to talk oh, about when it comes to the... We were uh, so close to LAFC and Atlanta United. Yeah. Um, so this is... Here's my takeaway. This is what happens when you decide to have a uh, postseason tournament to decide your champion, right? Yeah. I'm not saying it's good. I'm not saying it's bad. I'm not taking a, a side here. I'm just saying this is the result. So you decide to have a tournament to decide a champion. I believe it's been eight times in Major League Soccer history where the Supporters' Shield winners went on to win the actual cup. It happens about one out of every three times. It's more more likely it doesn't happen than it does actually happen. So this is the result. LAFC, an amazing season. Better than anyone else during the regular season. Got a historic win in the postseason. Knocked off the Galaxy. And then... Sorry, I'm just pointing at Maurizio Sarri with a cigarette in his mouth. <laughs> Champions League is ongoing while we're recording this. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I'm, no, You're going to get me sidetracked. What are we talking about? Now I'm picturing Sarri and there was one time I wanted... Regular season champs, LAFC. <laughs> it's just more often than not. If you're going to win the Supporters' Shield, you're probably not going to go on to win the actual MLS Cup. This is the result. You have a tournament at the end. This is, <laughs> this is what happens. This is what happens. I'm sorry, LAFC fans, but your team was really, really good this year. But you play in a, in a league that has a tournament at the end, so anything can happen. It happens in Mexico. It happens in other leagues. It's the chaos that comes with the tournament. Absolutely. I mean, you had the league MVP, you won the supporter shield, and for that, people will say, man, just couldn't get it done. <laughs> you know, like, it's it like is a regular plus. season never happened. It should be a positive. So, do you uh, think that the supporter shield, I mean, how do you stack that up against winning the MLS Cup? Well, they the league tells you the cup is more important. Right, I get it. But so like, what's the value with- of the supporter shield? Because we try to start explaining that stuff to a bunch of non-soccer fans. They're going to be like, what? Nobody okay. cares about the one seed in the NFL. Like, we got to figure out a way to say, no, no, no. It's really important that you win something that if you're the Phoenix Rising, that you won the regular season championship. I know they got knocked out, but still, like, there should be something to be said for that accomplishment. No, or are we just going to completely abide by American standards? No, there, there is, there is something. The league tells you it's the cherry on top. That's what it is. It's a little cherry on top of the MLS Cup Sunday. Win the MLS Cup, and if you also win the Supporters' Shield, it's like, hey, you did that too. There's your cherry on top. You're even better. But it doesn't matter unless you win the MLS Cup? Yeah, because the MLS Cup is the most important thing. Do you believe that? Well, that's what the league tells me to believe, so I kind of have to go with that. The last club to do it, Toronto did it in 2017. They won the Supporters' Mm -hmm. Shield. They won the Cup. And then before that... Didn't they also win the Open Cup? Weren't they like the best MLS team ever? I don't think they have ever lost a game in France. club history. I, I think we were done with them. How they end up back in the MLS Cup? I don't know. For the third time in four years against Seattle. I don't know. I thought they were... I don't know. Before that, 2011, the LA Galaxy did it, Darren. Supporters' Shield winners went on to win the Cup. You know who captained that LA Galaxy team? Robbie Keane. David Beckham? <laughs> no. No. Landon Donovan? Landon Donovan was the captain for the 2011 Galaxy squad that won the Supporters' Shield and the MLS Cup. Captain by LD. They also had David Beckham on the team. Wait for it, Darren. Are you ready for the I'm next ready, player man. I'm going to drop? Greg Berhalter. Oh, Greg Berhalter. Greg Berhalter on that 2011 side. Doing a bang-up job. Absolutely. Absolutely. That That's my big takeaway. Do you have a huge breakdown for the Cup? My, my big takeaway was LAFC. Great season, but hey, you you got to win the tournament because that's what the league tells you to do. Yeah, it's it's the way it goes. I mean, I think that sometimes you know you're a startup. You're still in the second season now. We got to remember that about LAFC. 
And sometimes you know, it's just part of sports. You got to deal with the pain. You know, sometimes you you gotta you, you gotta deal with 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 you just gotta deal with that. Uh, I thought it was an interesting run through the postseason. I mean, I had Bob Bradley. Remember what he got into or the Porter? Get lost. <laughs> I like him. I'm rooting for him. I think the thing. I think they've done a lot of things right. But this is just part of the pain and agony and and growth in sports. It's just what comes with it. As you said, if you're gonna have and determine a champion based on a postseason, then you're going to get some pretty random results because the best teams don't always win, and it's the first thing that everybody should know about sports. It's not scoreboard. It's, no, like, the best teams don't always win. They just don't always win. Sometimes you'd rather be the hottest team than the best team going into a postseason tournament. It's the way it is. Right. An amazing season for LAFC. A ton of fun. I mean, those that... It's great. Those matches look like an incredible party on television every single time they're on. I so. also like that this is going to be 12 noon here Pacific time. On Sunday, it's going to be on ABC in Seattle, and they're expecting over 70,000 tickets already sold for the Sounders against Toronto. Again, third time, four years. I know MLS executives won't love that because you don't get any television ratings credit for Toronto because it's out of the country, so it doesn't apply, and it's weird. But you know, not that, that MLS ratings are anything to write home about. But on ABC against the NFL, it's definitely a, a tough putt, but uh, I I'll try to find a way to watch that on Sunday. I have to go to a wedding Sunday night, but yeah, I mean, I'll I'll be into that. Yeah, you know, I think it'll look good on television. That's the most important thing. Whether it'll suck people away from the regular routine of the NFL, not really the purpose or point on a soccer podcast, but yeah, you want to showcase the the event because a couple yeah. years ago it was in Atlanta. Atlanta had this amazing yep. scene. Seattle will be great. Seattle, as as expected, is going to have a great look on television. It's this Sunday, so you get the MLS Cup this Sunday, yep. and then the Sunday following. You get the USL championship. Do you still think that Seattle is the standard of MLS fans? I mean, you know, LAFC's burst onto the scene. Atlanta United has certainly become the standard bearer over the last couple of years, and they were rewarded with an MLS Cup, obviously. But for me, I like, you know, that whole Portland, Seattle, you know, Pacific Northwest, Cascadia. Like, I, I still think that what they've done, you know, they were there, and that's a rivalry that that predates MLS. For me, I know it's easy to just focus in on LAFC and Atlanta United, but I, I still think that Seattle gets a lot of credit for what it is that they're capable of doing up there. Where do you throw the Galaxy into that conversation? Yeah, I mean, they've been the the gold standard club in terms of on-field success, but man, it feels like things have changed even over the last couple of years. The rivalry between LAFC and the LA Galaxy spills over into the broadcast booth. I don't know, did you hear the... The final call for LAFC Radio. I believe it was on 710. I think that's their flagship ESPN station. And LAM. The uh, the voice of LAFC. They I mean, was pointing over. Like they had him on camera. I think they put a GoPro in cam uh, inside the booth so they can record the broadcasters. And he was yelling. Good. at the Galaxy broadcasters. Like, Go, probably. He's like, "Go home. Get out of here, you losers." Well, at least they got that. Yeah, and they the beat Supporter the Galaxy. Shield MVP, they beat the Galaxy. You guys got Will Ferrell in a cool stadium. You're That's fine. a bad season, though. I don't know. I think it's a good season. I do too. I, I do too. I don't. I don't. I'm not one of these like all or nothing cats. I don't understand that. It's like yeah. saying I only eat filet mignon. Every once in a while, you gotta have a burger. Yeah, the atmosphere is going to be really good in Seattle. The atmosphere will uh, be very good in Tijuana Friday night. And it's unfortunate that both Darren and I will not be able to go down, cross the border, and go to Estadio Caliente for this one because it's going to be really, really good. Uh, Club Tijuana taking on Mantarey with uh, two matches to go, Darren. This is where Club Tijuana stand right now. They're currently 
in a playoff spot, the Ligia. They currently hold the final spot, their eighth place in Mexico. They have two matches to go. They lost their most recent one. They got crushed in the most recent match, 3-0. They were down by three in the 58th minute against a club that's near the bottom of the table. So a terrible result. That's what they're coming off of. And now they have two pretty difficult games to finish. They need results in both, I would imagine, to get a Ligia spot. Monterrey, the club that they host Friday night, is a team that is currently 11th place in Mexico. So they're playing with a lot uh, a lot on the line. So you know they're going to come in looking for points. And then they finish, I believe, against Leon, who is sixth on the table. They're in a Ligia spot. So two difficult matches to finish for Club Tijuana. And uh, that's going to be Friday night. Our man Nate Abarea will be on the call. Yeah, Nate's actually uh, giving me a pair of tickets that I can give away on radio. So stay tuned for that. Uh, tune in to Extra 1360 if you live in Southern California. Yeah, it feels like an elimination game on a Friday night. Mm, I mean, I think that it that's... It definitely has the feel of it. Yeah, I know we were at this one, I think, just last year. Or maybe in the previous tournament before that. But it does. It, it, it feels... I wish I was in town because I would definitely go to this. It, it, it has... All of the makings of a high-energy evening at Estadio Caliente. Yeah. Cholos, eighth place right now. Monterrey, 11th. They're only three points off of Club Tijuana, though. So they're in, they're in striking distance. And Aleon is six on the table. So two matches to go. Club Tijuana were hot. They had three wins in a row before having that uh, win streak snapped with the 3-0 loss uh, last weekend. So that's what's going on with Club Tijuana. Two important matches down the stretch before we get into the postseason. And and good luck to Nate Abarea. It's a big weekend for him. 8.30 a.m. Liverpool-Man City on Sunday. Hmm. Hmm. Long day for him. Now, as Is a, he going to make it? As a Premier League fan, are you pulling for City here just so there's something to talk about with the league? No. You'd rather just if say, okay, the rest of the league season is going to be completely boring. And... If you're telling me it's only Liverpool and Manchester City and those are the only two clubs that can win it, and I believe that to be the case, I'm going to pull for Liverpool. I want it to be close, yeah, but I'm going to be pulling for Liverpool to win it. Just well, to, then that I would be a nine-point separation. Yeah. That would put Liverpool up nine. Listen, um, I wouldn't feel comfortable with a nine-point lead at this point of the season if I were Liverpool. Mm. I'd feel good, but I wouldn't feel like the season's over. I wouldn't feel like it's over, but... Man, it certainly it be, sucks a lot of the drama out of it. I think as somebody who's a bit impartial in this, I would rather see a, a competitive English Premier League for the remainder of the year than mm-hmm. feel like, oh, okay, I mean, I'll sort of get interested in the, you know who's going to make Europe. But other than that, and you know who's going to get relegated. But other than that, it would feel to me like Monday morning that the league is over. Yeah. I, I, I don't get the sense that the league would be over at this point, especially with a club like Manchester City. And so many things can happen over the course of a season. I wouldn't call it over yet, but for a more compelling season, I guess you would be pulling for City here just to close that gap. But mm-hmm. I'm just Pep was really annoying to me over the weekend, so I have a I'm I think I'm pulling for pool in this one. Yeah. It's just recency. Guys. How's Pep's former club doing in Germany? How are they doing? You tell me. I just saw Bayern sacked its manager. Yeah, they go through a lot of managers. Yeah. yeah. I know, I know. It's just Totally overrated manager who just goes in all these winning situations. They've been through like three or four managers since he left, haven't they? Probably. They yeah. go through a lot over there. But I just city, they've won back to back. And I wouldn't consider I the league over. I wouldn't I think it's gonna be an amazing, amazing match, of course. I always love this conversation with Manchester United fans. No, no, that's an eight thirty match. Oh, eight thirty? I thought no, you no, said four no. thirty. Hour, the unnamed soccer podcast Derby is a four thirty match. Oh, on Saturday. My that's apology. Chelsea and Crystal Palace. Mm, God, I hate that Derby. I feel like I always get the short end of that derby. 
I feel like Palace has success against Chelsea. Yeah, there's some good ones this weekend. We've got the Unnamed Soccer Podcast Derby. Mm. We've got the perhaps Liverpool winning the league. We also have Leicester Arsenal, three versus five on the table for the Premier League. Leicester's going to finish in the top four. They're, they, yeah. I think I, they are. I think they'll finish in the top four. Yeah. I saw Arlo White with that prediction two weeks ago, so I'm not stealing his prediction or anything. But. Where's Arlo from? I, he supports Leicester. <laughs> okay. He, he might be right. I mean, they're third, so I might be right. They've been, hey, they've been playing pretty well. And they yep. just beat Southampton by like... 3,000 goals. They set a Premier League record. They scored 3,000 goals in mm-hmm. one match. And then what did Southampton do immediately afterwards? Almost give Nate a heart attack. That's yeah. what they That's what they did. It's, it's a crazy sport, right? Mm-hmm. Just a crazy, crazy sport. All right, Jordan, uh, Premier League, good? I'm good. You want to give a descriptor on Champions League? Yes, give us one word to describe your club, Chelsea Football Club. Give us one word to describe your club's current status in Champions League. Breathing. Breathe Alive. I like that. Group H, Ajax, Chelsea, Valencia, all sitting on seven points. Lille, the fourth group, fourth club in that group, already eliminated. Ajax, plus five goal differential. Feels like we'll be talking about that again. Valencia hosting Chelsea, Lille hosting Ajax in the next match day. Wrapping it up with Ajax hosting Valencia, Chelsea hosting Lille. Alive. I like that for you. Yeah. That was good. Uh, it's, How good is Ajax? They are. Think about what Ajax lost. Think about that they lost De Jong and they lose De Ligt to two Champions League caliber clubs in Barcelona and Juventus, and they're still punting out that kind of quality every single match. They are a great club. They are a great club, especially away from their home stadium, mm-hmm. which is going to allow them to go very deep in this tournament because they score a shit ton of goals away from their home stadium. And that continued at Stamford Bridge in what was a ridiculous match between Ajax and Chelsea. Just absolutely ridiculous. I don't feel great about Chelsea's chances. I, the word I use is just to keep them alive. They're breathing. But I don't feel great. They they very easily could be the uh, the odd team out there in that group of three when only two get through. Valencia. I mean, that's, that's pretty that much one, it, right? That one is in Spain. Valencia in Spain. already beat Chelsea in London. I like that Valencia and Ajax have to play each other. I'm going to be uh, rooting for Ajax in that one, so Valencia don't pick up any extra points. But I don't feel great about Chelsea's chances. But they're alive for now. How do you feel with uh, Barca's huge, compelling nil-nil draw yesterday? Stressful. Yeah, that's very, a good word very for Very stressful for Barca. Currently on top in Group F with eight points. Borussia Dortmund, seven. Inter Milan, four. Um... Prague with two, pretty much out of that. But here's the deal. With two matches to go, Barca's away form has been brutal. Barca's already lost as many matches in La Liga as it did all of last year. All three of them have been away from Camp Nou. So their next match day is hosting Dortmund. Better win that one. Because to finish at Inter, if you need a result at Inter... I don't really like their chances. I got to be honest with you. Hmm. So, you know, if Dortmund takes control of the group, somehow, some way, the ball bounces their way. Barca's very, very tight, which they, you know, hopefully won't be at home. But if it doesn't go their way and Dortmund somehow leapfrogs them and then, you know, Inter ends up beating Prague, which could happen in the next match day, and Barca absolutely needs that one in Italy. I'm telling you, man, they could lose that one. Yeah. They could lose that one because I've watched this club perform so poorly 
outside of Barcelona that I wouldn't trust them at all in that match if it comes down to it. So they better manage their business against Dortmund at home next time through. Otherwise, I'm telling you, they, they might not make it to the knockout stage. So this, what I'm about to say, does not apply to every single club in the world. This only applies to the elite clubs, the top clubs, the, the Barca-like clubs. When your club at that level is bad away from home, when they can't get things going away from home, and then it's consistent, and it sounds like that's that's a big struggle for Barca this year, usually what people will say, that's a mentality issue with the club. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like there is a mentality issue with Barca? Yeah, of course. And does, I mean, it's, which and usually it's goes on back for to years. the manager, it correct? It goes back two years in Rome, last year at Anfield. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, did they get outplayed? Of course they got outplayed, but you said it. I mean, there's there's something mentally. Yes, this is why everybody wants the manager sacked, because they don't trust that he gets them mentally prepared, that they shrink in that moment when they're playing outside of their home grounds. So, like I said, I mean, I, I, I would... Boy, if they if they don't take care of business against Dortmund, which would then get them at least to that next level, then I I worry about them having to go and play international. Yeah. <sighs> Both of our clubs might get bounced in the group stages. <laughs> right? What the hell is going on around here? Ugh. Champions League totally overrated, if you ask me. Chelsea do way better in Europa. We're way better at that tournament. God, I can just see them totally pissing their pants. Barca? Yeah, on the road at Inter Milan. Oh, absolutely. Against your guy, Conte? Yeah. 100%. Right? I mean, that's how their seasons have ended the last couple of years. And then we'll, we'll be Europa League. <laughs> we can do a Europa League preview podcast there, and it'll be great. Oh, man, I'm, I'm much more enjoying watching Palace play this year than I am watching Barca. God, they're going to get points against Chelsea. Still ahead of Manchester United. Palace? Yeah. And that's the season-long bet. That's it. Man. Darren gets like 18 kegs of Golsh if Palace finish on top of United. Damn right. That's I'm pretty sure that's what the bet was. Yeah. Thank you, though. Keep those pictures coming every time you go and drink Golsh somewhere or every time you see three punk ales. Yeah. Tweet us at Jordan Carruth or at D. Smith Show. I won't say who, but someone told me they had 20 over the weekend, and that is a new record. Nice. I, I, have not, I haven't heard anyone say they've had more than 20. So, It's great beer. Congrats to you, Drew.